0: Kate Faulkner.
1: Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, November 9th. Our top story today, it's been revealed a man who was found dead on a roundabout in Gillingham was due in court over charges of arson and harassment. Emergency services were called to Bowwater's roundabout last Friday after the body was found by police. Lucy's been covering this story for us. Lucy, do we know who this man was? Yes, his name was Martin Talame, and he was known to be sleeping rough on the busy roundabout by the Tesco Superstore. Police found his body when they attended the scene last week after he failed to appear in court. And what was he due to be in court for? Well, he was accused of setting fire to a McDonald's bin on September 7th. He's also alleged to have harassed a woman on the same day. He had pleaded not guilty to both offences and was due to appear in Medway Magistrates Court on October 12th. What do we know so far about his death? At the moment, his cause of death is listed as unknown. An inquest has been launched and has heard that he had no fixed address and did have some significant health needs. A full hearing will take place next year. Another of our top stories today are reports revealed bad weather hampered efforts by search and rescue teams from the UK to get to a small boat that was sinking in the Channel. 27 asylum seekers died when the vessel took on water as they attempted to make the journey from France to Dover, in November of 2021. The Marine Accident Investigation Branch says the boat was wholly unsuitable and ill equipped for the crossing.
0: Kent Online News.
1: An update now from one of our most read stories yesterday. Kent police are working with Dutch authorities after it was confirmed a body found in the Netherlands is a man from Medway who's been missing for more than three months. Liam Graham was last seen on video walking from the scene of a car crash on Stoke Road near Hu in July. Dutch authorities contacted police in Kent on Monday while the 22-year-old's family have thanked all those who tried to look for him. A suspect appeared in court accused of stealing more than £14,000 worth of jewellery from a business in Canterbury. The 20-year-old from Gravesend is also charged with shoplifting in Folkestone and burgling a house in the town. He's been remanded in custody. Two drug dealers who supplied cocaine and steroids in Thanet have been jailed for a total of more than 16 years. The pair from Margate and Ramsgate were arrested during the early morning raids back in 2019. Officers found £16,500 worth of substances when they searched a car and house. A teenager's been locked up for more than five years after a row on social media led to violence in Faversham. Troy Gosden chased his victim into a doorway and then attacked him with a machete, puncturing his lung and severely damaging an arm. The 17-year-old from Charles Drayson Court has been sentenced to five and a half years. And head to Kent Online to see a picture of a car fire that's caused delays on the A229 at Bluebell Hill. Emergency crews were called to the Chatham-bound carriageway just after seven this morning. No injuries have been reported.
0: Kent Online News.
1: New papers have revealed Kent County Council is burning through its financial reserves as the government continues to squeeze budgets. The authority has been forced to dip into savings and will have spent £92 million from the pot in the two years to next April. Bosses say they'll have to make cuts to services as they look to balance the books. Shop owners in Sittingbourne have hit out a plans to increase parking charges. Swale Council's looking at upping the cost in the busiest car parks to try and boost revenue. But businesses on the high street fear it'll put people off shopping there, especially after after they lost the Wilco and Iceland stores in recent months. A flood alert's been issued for areas in and around Ashford after more heavy rain yesterday. There were also concerns about high water levels in the local drainage system which could cause flooding at the new Romney sewage arm. That alert's been enforced since storm Kieran last week. Now, it's hoped to introducing a 20 mile per hour zone in Sevenoaks will cut the number of serious injuries on the town's roads. Speed limits are set to be reduced in several areas. Sophia Aiken from our colleagues at KMTV has been chatting to Karamjit Kaur, who runs a local off-licence.
2: This road is very, very busy and people are really speeding up. We need to sort this out. Do you quite often see people going quite fast? Very fast, even 40. So it's quite dangerous, isn't it? It is very dangerous because people use all these shops and they're crossing roads all the time, even the ch- school children. It's not safe.
3: And there's been quite a few sort of casualties and injuries accidents happening with the people going so fast so is that something you know about as well
2: yeah they always happen once twice or more than that we always seen the casualties happening around the corner I would request if council can sort this out because it will be very helpful.
1: A consultation is running until December 14th, so you can have your say on the plans for a 20 mile per hour zone. Lib Dem councillor Richard Streetfield has been telling Sophia how it came about.
4: Well, it came out of the JTB consultation, which included all the roads in Sevenoaks and is now narrowed down to an informal consultation by the town council to establish exactly where 20 miles an hour should go in Sevenoaks.
3: And how can this make a difference? This is an incredibly busy road. We can see how, m- how many cars are coming past. So taking it from 30 to 20, how much difference would that make?
4: makes a huge difference in the kinds of accidents that happen. We don't want anybody killed on these roads or major injuries. And at 20 miles an hour, that is very unlikely to happen. The cost to residents in Seven Oaks over the course of the last 10 years has been £9 million pounds worth of accidents. If we can reduce that with only a few tens, maybe £100,000 worth of infrastructure to get speed down then that will be a huge saving for residents in in suburbs.
3: what's been the sort of reaction from residents so far initially the the initial consultation didn't go ahead or it's now changed so what's been the reaction for residents
4: it did go ahead and most residents in most of the town wanted 20 miles an hour there are a few residents in the peripheries of the town who use their cars more to get into town we thought that might hold them up a bit. So we have not included those roads for 20 miles an hour, but we have included all the roads where there was a majority who wanted, wanted to have 20 miles an hour. And they come at it from all sorts of different reasons. There's the environmental cost, there's the psychological safety of children walking to school, and the thing, one of the things we really want to do is encourage residents to get out of their cars and to use modes of active travel, so cycling and walking through Seven Lakes.
1: The idea is also being supported by the town's mayor, Claire Shea, is encouraging people to take part in the consultation. We're trying to get input
2: from residents and uh, businesses across the whole of the town on the proposal for a 20 mile an hour scheme. There's been a great deal of uh, campaigning from local groups. Over five years, there have been a number of petitions for 20 mile an hour schemes, some relating to schools and some wider ranging, and what we're trying to do is to capture that and consult on that for the town, uh, within the town. Um, so we are looking to uh, get as much input as we can from everybody, young and old, um, business users, residents, to, so we can shape this properly uh, in a way that works well for the town.
3: And how, how can it make things safer if if people are going just 10 miles an hour less? How can that actually make things uh, safer? The evidence on
2: the impact of an accident at 20 miles an hour is um, quite frightening, actually. If you look at the data in terms of the, the level of injury and the risk of death at 20 miles an hour, it is hugely lower than at 30 miles an hour and that risk for our pedestrians we've got a lot of uh, narrow streets here we've got are lot of children moving across the town for example that to reduce the risk for those people in accidents it will be invaluable in terms of air quality there's that's one of the key drivers for many places to, to put this in place so in terms of fuel consumption for the individual and the cost that goes with that, it can reduce the consumption, but also the, the air quality of the, the towns affected can be positively impacted by, by it. Um, the smoothing of traffic speeds can reduce the, the acceleration, that can lead to a, a lot of emissions from cars, for example, and generally uh, it improves the amount of particulates as well from brake dust and, and tyre wear and tear as well. So yes, there are, uh, there are benefits that are quantified and there's a great deal of evidence out there. Kent Online News.
1: An area of well-known park in Canterbury has been put on an at-risk register. Historic England say the Dane John Mound is eroding and needs urgent repairs. It's part of the remains of a castle and includes a spiral path and a monument on top. Nicola's been chatting to Marion Brinton from Historic England.
5: The mound is the remains of a Mott and Bailey castle. So the Mott being the large mound upon which there would have been a a, kind of a defendable structure at the top. And it sat within, obviously, the historic city walls of Canterbury. So it's right in the heart of Canterbury and it currently sits within an an open park. So there's good public access to the mound and, and there's, a spiral path that goes up the mound, because obviously people love going up there because you get fantastic views across the city from up there. But effectively it's been the kind of victim of its own success or its own popularity, because the number of visitors going up the path is causing erosion of the mound itself, which is obviously important archaeologically, it's a scheduled monument. So um, there are repairs needed to repair the paths. There's a a pinnacle, a monument at the top as well, and that's being undermined. And ultimately, if we don't sort that out, that could topple off. So that's it's for those reasons that it's on the at-risk register.
0: So how severe is the erosion and could it be that you're going to have to prevent people from, from climbing that path in future? How much does it need to be protected?
5: Well, it certainly needs work because obviously we want to protect the archaeology that effectively makes up the mound. So, but it's currently still open to the public. So we're kind of attending to this before it gets so severe that it's got to be closed or anything dangerous happens. And we know that, you know, we're in discussions with Canterbury City Council about how it is to be repaired. and, And they're getting the various permissions in place and getting all of that in order so that the works can be undertaken probably within the next 18 months that's the hope I mean clearly the mound will be shut while those those works are in progress but hopefully you know it won't take too long and and then it will be open again.
0: And why is it so important that we don't allow sites like this to fall into complete disrepair to the point where as you say they're not accessible anymore and maybe monuments on the top are actually the collapse and have to be taken away maybe
5: i think in broadest terms people value these places and if we don't look after them keep them in a reasonable state of repair there's the potential that they are lost forever or they become so dangerous that people can't access them and they kind of come they go off our radar if you like so so often these monuments are treasured and valued locally that they're, they're important in terms of people understanding the history of where they live they give a kind of sense of connectedness rootedness for people and, and often they can um, provide not not necessarily in the, an archaeological site but other sites buildings can provide community facilities that bring people together so th- in round terms, we get a great sense of well-being from these places. The good
0: news is that two sites in Kent have been removed from the at-risk register. One that I know we've done plenty of stories on and we've seen it inside, which is the um, Dockyard Church in Sheerness. How that's been transformed is quite incredible. You must be delighted to have seen what's happened there.
5: We we are absolutely delighted because that's had it's taken such a long time. It's had such a difficult history, that building. So, right back, you know, it was built the very early 19th century to serve the dockyard, the workers and the officers in the naval dockyard. But then when the dockyard was closed as a naval dockyard in the 1960s, that building since then was underused, misused, became derelict, and that culminated in 2001 in a catastrophic fire which left it effectively as a a roofless shell. So things were looking rather dire at that point, I would say. But fortunately, the Sheerness Dockyard Preservation Trust, you know, charged over the hill on their white steed and came to the rescue. And they have worked tirelessly, really hard, with great tenacity to get a huge funding package together because the project that you've just described um to transform the building has cost over nine million pounds. so they've fully repaired the building and brought it back into use. It's now it used as a an enterprise center. so that encourages young people from the area. We're setting up businesses, gives them the support. It's got a cafe there. Inside the building is displayed the fantastic model of the dockyard which the model itself dates from the early 19th century a really unusual thing so it is absolutely worth a visit and it is a kind of testimony to the hard work of the Sheerness
1: Dockyard Trust because
5: it took 22
1: years to sort that one out really.
0: Kent Online News.
1: Kent County Council are encouraging local businesses to become more welcoming to breastfeeding mums. They're offering grants of up to £1,000, which can be used towards things like training staff to support mums or installing ramps for prams. Megan Priddick from the Besides You campaign says it's important mums feel confident when breastfeeding in public. When you're coming
3: in with small... F- Children, it can be quite challenging to go into these places, breastfeeding or not. So things like having to carry a tray with your drinks on, if someone can bring those drinks to your table, that makes a massive difference to your experience when you're trying to also handle a small baby and a pushchair and everything else. Um, things like um An example I like to use is sometimes if my babies were having a particularly fussy day, I would go and if we were going to a restaurant, I would say, oh, can I have a table facing towards the back? So they're not getting distracted by people walking past. So that wasn't, you know, that I was worried someone was going to say something to me. But any breastfeeding mum who has experienced um, the term nipple lash where the baby pulls off and takes the breast with them it's very uncomfortable so you don't want those sorts of distractions so you know business has been listening to um the requests from breastfeeding mothers about where they want to sit and not making the assumptions either oh you're breastfeeding you'll obviously just want to sit in a dark corner some ones who are very confident maybe their second or third baby will just sit where their friends are sitting they'll just sit where there's a seat they might have a favorite seat and that has arms so they feel more confident so um make not making assumptions making sure the staff are aware of the equality act is a big one so making sure that the staff are aware um that you know if someone is challenging mum that they have the confidence within their staffing to say well we're not going to ask her to leave if you've got a problem unfortunately you know the door is there that sort of thing because you know it is it is a protected state um uh, it is a it is protected so you can't um you have to side with the mother in that instance so having the confidence to do that and again you know we can offer training and there is information about that on our website um other things it's just you know just making mums feel confident lots of there are lots of wonderful businesses already in Kent we recently did a photo shoot beside you um and we went to some venues and folks in dover we went to the museums we and um, we went to dartford as well we were just feeding out and about and we got so many positive comments from people and we did not have a single business go oh no you can't come in here and you know that is lovely that we you know even asking for something like that we didn't experience any negativity and actually they were very supportive for families to know that they can access the business as well so um that's always a big thing
1: Applications for the grants close at the end of this month. A temporary library is opening in Folkestone after the main one was water damaged. The historic building on Grace Hill closed last year. You'll soon be able to access books and other services at the Shepway Youth Club. Aldi's announced it'll be opening its new £9 million store on Sheppey next April. The one in Sheerness Town Centre is going to close with staff moving to the Neats Court site in Queenborough. Bosses we'll say construction work is progressing well. And Kent's biggest winemaker has announced a record-breaking harvest this year, Chapel Down, near 10 to 10, have grown nearly 4,000 tonnes of grapes, which is 86% more than last year and 75% higher than the previous record set in 2018. Most of them will be used to make sparkling wine with an estimated 3.4 million bottles coming from the 2023 harvest.
4: Kent Online Sports.
1: Hence, Alessia Russo's picked up the Sportsperson Prize at the Harper's Bazaar Women of the Year Awards. Amelia Clark was named Actress of the Year, while Jenna Ortega got the Breakthrough Award for her role in the Netflix series Wednesday. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk.
4: News you can trust.
1: This is the Kent Online Podcast.